This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Rolling Gas Startups Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Rod and Giles from Bit Out. What's up, man? Hey, man. How's everything going? It's going good, man. We we've been just shooting the shit before we started the podcast, and so I was like, let's just start this. I thing. know let's we should have recorded start. about half of it, Which, but uh, <laughs> maybe the other half probably wouldn't have been. So many cool. Story. I mean, one of the coolest things you just said to me it was like you got to go and hang out and meet. T Boone Pickens when he was still alive. That was one of the things I wish I could have got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like ten years ago, I uh, had the opportunity to meet him through a friend of mine, and was explaining to me how the Saudis are never going to let oil go below ninety two dollars a barrel. So ten years or so ago, I was driving back home from Dallas to Houston, and uh, was thinking over and over and over about he was talking about you're never going to see oil below ninety two, and thought maybe it's time to buy some more oil and gas royalties and properties and so forth, and. Couldn't have been worse on the timing, but um, <laughs> I blame it on Boone. And uh, fortunately, I've never sold any of those royalties, so things kind of worked themselves yeah. out long term. But, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, so. well, okay. Outside of that, uh, he gave you some bad advice on timing, right? <laughs> but but it all worked out. What was like your number one takeaway from just getting to, like sit down and have dinner with this guy? Uh, well, it wasn't fully dinner, but um, it, he was hard of hearing and yeah. uh, just, you know, absolute legend and uh, just the way he took control of the room and mm-hmm. uh, it was just uh, phenomenal and uh, great opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think he was somebody that really championed oil and gas and somebody that we, uh, you know, really need today to kind of help this industry out as well. So yeah. we need more. We need more of that. You know, back in the day we had him, we had Aubrey going about Absolutely. being our champion for natural gas. You know, I think we've got... We've got a couple good figures who've really stepped up. You know, I think that, um, you know, Toby Rice over at EQT is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, I think Chris Wright over at Liberty Energy is doing uh, a great job as well. Had the pleasure of meeting him uh, a few weeks back whenever we were in uh, Midland, or not Midland, in uh, Denver for uh, Energy Tech Night. And me and Colin got to have breakfast with him. And this guy is just, I mean, just a salt of the earth. Oh, most absolutely. Genuine person you've ever met in your life who goes and backpacks to a place of high poverty so that he can understand it understand its relation to a lack of energy and lack of resources right. it's like it's mind-blowing like it's like when i grow up like that like, that's the kind of person that i want to be you know absolutely and uh, i think anybody with that type of track record and longevity in the industry is great to be around and great to hear from so absolutely absolutely man so tell me a little bit more about uh what, what is bit out what are you guys working on uh, we're a procurement platform so we help operators connect with suppliers easily get pricing handle all the communication automate the communication automate the award phase and then really we stop there um, we want to just make the simplest process uh, mostly designed around the suppliers. Um, it's got to be really easy for the suppliers uh, because there's big breakdowns when suppliers are trying to use systems like Oracle or SAP. They just they don't have great experiences. There's they're way too complicated for these suppliers, and uh, quite frankly, they just fail. So we built a really simple, really powerful application for the suppliers, for the operators, and uh, really just connect them and be a conduit. And, you know, we replace you know text message, email, spreadsheets, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and really give our operators uniformed pricing that's consistent across the board. Um, when we started early on, we met with an operator and one of the, maybe the top five operators in the country just to get some initial feedback early yeah. on. And they were explaining that they were doing a multi-million dollar water hauling job, I think in West Texas. And one of their water haulers had screenshotted Excel. He didn't even print Excel. It was like a <laughs> screenshot, including the toolbar and everything, uh, printed it out, filled out the pricing with Sharpie marker and texted it back in. 
and he was the winning bid. And uh, they said, you know, we have to put up with this because these are our suppliers and so forth. And it's just quite frankly, these guys just technically don't get some of the yeah. um, concepts around that. So we wanted to build something incredibly simple for them. And uh, it turns out to be really powerful for the operators at the same time. So on the procurement side, is it mostly uh, around um, jobs that are actually happening in the field? Like, hey, you're getting certain crews to come in, whether it's drilling, completing, workovers, whatever. Yeah. And you're having multiple suppliers that are all kind of coming in. Is it is it including the bidding process, or is it where we post bid and we're just you're kind of going through and just managing that relationship, managing data? No, it's really just a bidding process. Okay. So we're not a project execution platform. We're not a project management platform. We're really a sourcing platform, and um, we help operators also discover more suppliers. Um, we've got a direct directory of about thirty five hundred suppliers that they can browse through by different categories and different regions. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, we, we have some very large operators that call us and say, you know, we just don't know who else to go reach out to for mm. generators or for, um, you know, facilities or electrical services, et cetera. Can you open this up to your network and uh, we'll help them find more providers and so forth as well. But um, it's all part of the process there. But um, going back to your original question. So we're we're doing bids for um, anything as commodities, pipes, chemicals, mm -hmm. um, up to services like wireline, um, flowback, frax. Uh, you know, uh, pressure pumping, um, mm -hmm. directional drilling, um, you know, all the way we've done like um, uniform contracts, like the uh, FRs and clothes yeah. and um, all the laundry around that and so forth. So um, it really varies across the board, but um, I would say anything in the oil and gas purchasing process is uh, kind of what we had. So I think what's really interesting about this, and I'm not sure if you know this, and I'm not sure if most people know this, but this is the exact concept that uh, Workerize back when it was called Rig Up. Yep. When raised seven hundred million dollars at a three billion dollar yeah, yeah. valuation for, and then they've since pivoted sure. away from that. They don't do any of the bidding for jobs anymore, and now they're more of a. Um, it's it's more focused on the individuals, right? Sure. In recruiting and consultants, and it, yeah, consultants. It's like getting actual contractors yeah. in. So they move from the work to the people. Um, but I always thought that their original thesis was correct. I was like, I think yeah, there's I think a, there were ten, a 10 years need. too early. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, um, I, I didn't know much about them back at the time, um, but, you know, I think from what I hear and gather and so forth, maybe just a little too early. So I think it's absolutely needed. I mean, like, like you said, how, how else are you going to do this? It's all well, just we, we a hodgepodge. <laughs> Most of our buyers are, you know, in their 30s and their 40s. They want to order their food on their phone. They don't want to call people. Um, they, you know, they like to do things digitally and, uh, you know, they want to they want to make that process real easy. So um, that's what we built it around. So. so do you, is there any kind of struggle with, it sounds like almost like you're kind of creating this marketplace, right? There's two sides of yeah, there's operator side, there's service, uh, service side. Is there any struggles with with getting all of these service companies kind of to to adopt uh, the tool? No, I mean we make it free for them. Okay. So um, there are premium options for the suppliers to get um, invited to more work that fits their categories and things like that. But it's not it's not required. Um, really, we don't have any struggles with the supplier onboarding. We have okay. like a one page um, terms and service agreement that they just click and agreed to. Um, there's really no suppliers that have not onboarded with us. Um, it's growing every day and we've got, I think 3,500 or so north of there now. Jeez. And, um, that's really what we focus on. Subtle flex so, there. 3,500 uh, is a lot. Of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now we don't have that many operators, but yeah. those are growing too. So, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, that's what we do. We started the company about three years ago during COVID and, uh, you know, probably took us a, a year until we even did our first bid and, um, took a while to build the product, maybe even a little bit longer than that. I, and, uh, that's the name of the had it looks out, good though. I, I think we had to get out there pretty quickly and start getting feedback and we got a lot of feedback and a lot of it, 
didn't fit what people wanted and we had to kind of adapt and uh talk uh, to me about that process a little bit because that's something that i think that, that we, we've done and i think i've seen um other really successful like startup founders particularly in this space do it's go to the market and it's yeah. it's go to those customers and it, and kind of your first wave your initial kind of uh outreach to them is not like, Hey, let me sell you something. It's like, Hey, I built a tool and I think it's gonna be really, really helpful for you, but I'd love to get some feedback. You yeah, know? no, absolutely. And that's, um, I just read Tony Fidel's book build. Um, mm -hmm. he was the guy that invented the iPhone essentially with Steve jobs and then left to start, um, nest the smart thermostat company. Mm -hmm. And he talks heavily about how you've got to get in front of clients quickly. And for us, we knew that, um, it wasn't a surprise to us, but we had to build some stuff first and we, we knew probably 80% of what we needed to build. And our pilot client that we were working with um, to really launch the product with, they wanted a contract to sell uh, probably four weeks before we were ready. And so our contact there, who was excited to work with us, basically came back and said, hey, look, we're too busy. We're about to be sold. I'm losing my job. Uh, we can't help you. So we had to go back to the drawing board and find another client pretty quickly mm -hmm. uh, to start giving us feedback. And um, all that feedback was incredibly valuable. Um, and then we had to adapt and uh, kind of go from there. We, we took kind of all that feedback over the first probably two years and put that into a uh, really heavy uh, development cycle and released uh, really our kind of new version that we call our procurement platform suite about four to five months ago. And since then, you know, sales have just taken off because we're meeting all the feature requests yeah. that people need. And, uh, you know, I think we have everything now that's needed. Um, you know, we're always going to be growing and evolving, but uh, the platform works incredibly well now. So no, I, I got the chance to see it, to the, see it the other day and it looks great. Yeah. Sl nice, simple, slick, super easy to use. Looks really great. Yeah. We like to say if you can't build an RFP in 60 seconds, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. Um, and if you can't respond to something that quick as well, um, we hear from suppliers all the time that they're responding to pricing on the golf cart now yeah. um, on their phone. And uh, before, you know, they would have to sit down and figure all this stuff out, maybe print out some PDFs or figure out how to edit PDFs and, uh, you know, get stuff back that way, but no more. I need to spend more time on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> it's the salespeople that do that. I the know, suppliers. I know, man. <laughs> Right, so I want to know, you, you you kind of alluded to a little bit before we uh, started recording, um, just some, some of your backstory, man. Like, what, how, do, how do we, how do you get here? Yeah, well, I'll tell you first that going back to the very original, um, me and my co-founder a bit out, Tyler Cherry, who's was supposed to be here, but we were crazy busy on some other things. I didn't want to totally get um, it. skip our obligation, but um, we went to junior high and high school together. So okay. we knew each other way back a long time ago. I'm losing my hair by now, so it's a while. <laughs> um, but uh um, we both started the company and he's been very instrumental in that success. But um, when I was in high school, 17, 18 years old, I started a cloud company um, from scratch. I had no money growing up, um, but I grew up in an entrepreneurial um, house. My, mm -hmm. my father had his own um, oil and gas company. Skipped school one day um, without my parents knowing to go meet an attorney here in the Energy Corridor area to go incorporate and uh, wanted to start my own business. And, uh, you know, 10 years later or so, we had... 150,000 subscribers to our company, um, employees in three continents, offices in three continents, sold the business to a competitor slash private equity firm. What, what, what were you guys With doing? about 100 employees. We had, um, we uh, we were a cloud company. Back then it was called web hosting. Okay. And we hosted you know, 100, 150,000 WordPress websites. And, uh, you oh, know, shit. five, six, eight, ten bucks a month, whatever um, the costs were back then. But we started the comp I started the company from scratch with a co-founder several years in. I acquired him out. And uh, for maybe the final six years, I grew the company organically. And we I like to say 
to a few people, we probably operated somewhat like you guys early on. <laughs> um, I found out when I was 18, 19, it was cheaper to go buy an apartment, like a three bedroom apartment as an office oh, yeah. instead of an office. You do, do because the you have the balcony, per square footage. you have the, you have the swimming pool, you have the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So we would stuff, you know, desk and so forth in an apartment and kind of operate 24 seven like that and, um, run it, uh, like a business. So, um, feel like I learned everything kind of going through there, learned how to hire, fire, you know, manage people and you so said 100 employees, right? And uh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. So um, we, after selling that, um, or really kind of before I sold that, I started buying oil and gas minerals. So mm -hmm. my my father grew up as an operator and I uh, got to see him do a lot of that and started, as I started making some money, which wasn't till the very end of the companies when it was yeah finally producing a lot of cash because we were always investing back into servers and capital um, expenditures and so forth. Um, started buying minerals and liked the mailbox money. So yeah. decided... I'm going to go ahead and sell the business and uh, went out and bought a ton of oil and gas uh, royalties and minerals, um, probably still in about 10 states, maybe a thousand wells. Um, I probably get checks from 150 operators. Um, Did you do it the energy net way? I, some on energy net, yeah. some through groups of people that I knew that would yeah. buy and some through back in the old days, the oil and gas clearinghouse. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of before their new resurrection. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I've always been doing some of that. And uh Played around in real estate a little bit. Um, I attempted a, um, kind of after meeting Boone Pickens too, mm -hmm. um, I attempted a um, hostile takeover of a NYSE listed oil company called 10 Gasco. Okay. Um, they're, they're now a, they're now merged in with Riley Exploration. Okay. But um, they had some issues with their board and some uh, personal dealings um, with the board that I decided to highlight and kind of get a little aggressive on. And it was a fun experience, but um, caught it when oil kind of right before oil dropped and uh, um, realized I'm really good at the technology side of the business and probably not so good at uh, finding oil. So um, went out and started a uh, really came in and acquired part of a cloud business and data center business and grew that over the next maybe four or five years. Um, and really at the end of that, Tyler and I started connecting my co-founder and really started forming the ideals of mm -hmm. bid out and uh, getting that really off the ground. So, thanks. So you did the whole uh, cloud hosting thing twice. Yeah, twice. Absolutely. Oh wow. So, what are your? And what I are think you, it'll be that'll be the last time. I don't yeah. think I'll do it again. So, what are you? What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, a slight little caveat, but just you and I were talking about ChatGPT and MidJourney, and just like it seems like AI has gone from zero to one hundred in the last six months. You know, and just thinking about like the the computational needs, like I, I would imagine that anybody's in the cloud hosting space is like very strategically positioned to like totally read the benefits well, of that. It's all about power. So, yeah. um, I mean, power is such a big factor of things, and, and like the amount of power consumption that's in Northern Virginia, where Amazon and many others have their data centers, is just astronomical. And so. Maybe this needs to be an oil and gas conversation where they need to be building these data centers where they're flaring gas. And mm -hmm. I know um, some companies like Crusoe are doing that on a small kind of micro level. But Energy X is doing um, it for high performance compute. Okay. But so. I mean, I'm, I'm, and maybe they're doing this and I don't know, but you know, most of these data centers that I'm familiar with are million square foot. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, I think when you do all this AI, the amount of power consumption that's going to be needed to increase that is going to just be astronomical. Yeah. And, um, somebody's got to figure that out. It's not too green either. So, um, you know, so the amount of power that's used unless, um, they can figure out some way to use, uh, all this excess trapped gas. So the energy X guys, um, 
nice little plug for them because they sponsor the podcast, but they do uh, modular yep. high performance compute data center. So it looks like a Bitcoin mining container, sure. right? And then they do full immersion. They do redundancy on the communication, on the power, but they're power agnostic. So yeah. they have some facilities that are on natural gas. They've got some that are on the grid, yeah, still yeah, modular, yeah. but they're not doing any of the mega. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're going to need the mega size to get. I'm, I think you probably saw in the news article a few weeks ago, Elon bought, what, 10,000 GPUs? Oh, he uh, did. I didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah. Apparently, he, uh, yeah, apparently he bought 10,000 for kind of a personal project. And mm. uh, I don't think he was too happy with the way OpenAI's turned out. I think he, oh, wants, he's to, doing, yeah, he he's, wants to build Truth AI. Truth GPT. Yeah, yeah okay. what he's, what he's been talking about. So we, it, it's such an interesting turn of the events because, uh, you know, he uh, essentially co-founded and invested very heavily into OpenAI. Right? Yeah, he got screwed and up. Then, there, right? Yeah, and then like something happened to where he wanted to take over and they were like, no, you're not going to like take this thing over. Uh, and then that kind of soured the relationship, and then very quickly he's he's gone on to say, "I want to go create something that doesn't have." Well, it's any interesting sort of like too. Bias. Like they they created, a, I think, a nonprofit, like a five hundred one c three, is the way they reverted back to being yes, a for profit. Absolutely, yeah. and Elon's, I think, upset about his original donation. Maybe. So, yeah, yeah, he 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 thought it was supposed to be completely open source, which is exactly what, what he's doing with Twitter, right? Right, right. right. I don't know if you saw, he open sourced the algorithm. He was like, "Here's exactly how we wait." likes versus retweets versus engagement to see how things actually play into the algorithm so no it's gr i think it's great to have that transparency yeah so, but that's interesting yeah i think the whole open ai is gonna really revolutionize a lot of industries it'll be interesting how it all plays out i mean you and i were talking about the law about the legal side of things it's, and it's, uh, it's just so integral already it's so integral to my daily workflow yeah with like everything uh from 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 writing emails to coming up with ideas to there's certain things that I'm just significantly better at than OpenAI, but most things it's better at than me. Oh, of course. You know? Yeah, I regularly paste emails in and say, polish this up. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, it spits me back a lot nicer yeah. uh, email. Or so. if you're like, oh, man, I've had too many, too much to drink on a Saturday, and you're like, <laughs> I need to send this out. And you're like, ChatGPT, write something professional, please. Exactly. So, all right. So getting back to bid out. So you alluded to, you know, you and Tyler uh, kind of coming up with this concept. How did that come about? Was that through just kind of your oil and gas exposure of you like realizing that or did he come? Yeah, idea, it was like, more so Tyler that probably came to me with the idea. Okay. Uh, it was definitely Tyler that came to yeah. me with the idea. And just, you know, he was running a um, division of Swift Water, um, water transfer company mm -hmm. that's now owned by Tetra. Okay. And, you know, he was explaining to me that, you know, he gets all these different bid formats from different you know, yeah. operators all the time and they're very, um, you know, time consuming for him and it's, there's gotta be a better process. And, um, so we looked at the markets, there's, you know, a couple large players and like Oracle and SAP and so forth, but they did, I think, I think they do it very bad and, uh, it's not easy to use on either side of the equation. And we wanted to build something that was, uh, really more like the industry standard going forward mm -hmm. and, uh, really looked at it as a, as a network effect. And we knew early on building a true platform network connecting suppliers and operators is going to be really hard. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's almost like you're building two companies and, mm -hmm. um, it makes it, it makes the job so much harder, but, you know, we also look at it as, you know, if it's difficult, um, you know, that's something that we want to do. Uh, we also looked at the industry as, um, I knew a lot about oil and gas. I know a lot about oil and gas, but I don't think people are graduating Stanford and saying, graduating Stanford university and saying, let's go build a um, oil and gas software. Company. It's got to come from us. And so it's got to come from within. Um, I mean, we are incredibly focused on just the oil and gas industry. We get asked all the time, you know, can y'all do this for our business that is on the you know, general contracting side yeah. or on the renewable side? It's no, we, we built the whole platform around oil and gas, all the vernacular and, 
and everything within the platform. The marketplace itself is. So we we don't have any interest in swaying from that. And I think our, the operators appreciate that Mm -hmm. um, because it's so familiar to their users and uh, so easy to use. What's in in your feedback process? um, You alluded to this a little bit earlier. What's some of the key functionality that, that is absolutely crucial to making this whole thing work? Um, it's really letting them create a very standardized format. Um, part of the part of the process is somebody will create, let's say, a thirty line item bid, mm-hmm. and some suppliers will respond to twenty two of the line items. Some of them will manipulate the spreadsheet and remove half the line items, and uh, or change the SKUs to different products that are similar. And you know, at the end of the day, these operators, we have some of our operators who, on very common commodities, are sending these bids out to thirty suppliers. So they're taking these 30 um, different bid submissions and they're all in different formats. They've mm-hmm. all been heavily chopped and modified around. And it's really hard for them to analyze across the board, yeah. you know, true apples to apples comparison. So but because it's doing a very standardized uh, process, um, they're able to evaluate the bids faster. Um, a lot of our very high transactional operators, some of the buyers are sending 15 to 20 bids out a day and uh, different services, different products. And so when the bids come back in different formats, they can't really manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we do is I think we really automate the communications, the reminders, the, we have a chat functionality that's tied to each individual bid. So all the communication contained for that bid, whether it be a questions or clarification is siloed within the bid. Mm-hmm. So if a year from now, a county needs to go look, see what, what went on here or changes, they've got all the, all the communication there. It also creates a lot of transparency for the organization. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, a lot of operators are concerned about um, certain groups, whether it be engineering or so forth, um, sending the bids to their preferred friends, not allowing submissions from certain people, maybe not including those submissions mm-hmm. from other people because they, they who, who they go to church with, who you play golf exactly, with, yeah. who took them on the hunting trip a yeah, few weeks yeah, ago, and so yeah. forth. So it creates a lot of transparency in the organization. We think transparency is key, mm-hmm. um, but it also really speeds things up. So if they need to send out, um, you know, a standard, you know, let's say it's a, um, you know, a uh, compressors or so forth, um, they can do it in 60 seconds. Um, mm-hmm. They can do it from a template that we have on the platform. They can do it on a template that they have created on the platform that's tailored for their company. Um, so really, and then all the communication that takes place from the bid start to the bid end is all managed by us. It's all centralized by us. Um, you know, most of these buyers are getting questions immediately. They're getting, um, you know, we handle all that process and so forth. So, um, that's, uh, that's really it. Walk me, walk me through, uh, let's just say that I'm, I'm quarterly services, right. And I offer a variety of different things. And, um, I kind of got brought in because I'm one of the, the vendors who services, let's say, uh, pioneer, right. Yeah. So I service pioneer. From from my standpoint, outside of just pi- bidding on pioneer stuff, do I have the ability to like explore other things and say like, can I see other things that are happening and say, hey, I'd love to, I've got something and it'd be great, or do you need, do you need to be invited? Yeah, so all to, to all of our bids, bids are closed bids, and okay. uh, so you have to be invited to the bids. However, it's the operators or the buyers have a functionality to enable for us to add additional suppliers um, that that meets within that category. We've got about maybe 60% of our buyers who are open to um, having other suppliers bid on them. And um, so for us, we we have premium suppliers. Um, all, it's free for all of our suppliers to sign up. Mm-hmm. But we have premium suppliers. starts about 1000 bucks a year. And what we essentially do is we invite them to work that they're allowed to be invited to. And mm-hmm. uh, so we've had directional drilling companies who have won you know, $20 million worth of work um, from just being invited to bids yeah. that, 
they would not have had, had access to outside of us. And, um, you know, we had an operator who invited three companies and uh, we asked them if we could add several more to the bid. We did. And they ended up winning about half the uh, work for that. Um, so is most bids like, hey, um, this is you got to get a timeline associated with our deadline saying, hey, you've got, you got two, three weeks or whatever. Here's the deadline. Here's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Here's who's invited. And then they may let you know or you guys are able to identify, hey, there's more companies that we think that you guys should be interested in. Yeah. So first thing we do, we, we have, we have logic that takes place once the bid's created. And so we're, we're actually tracking if the, if the bid's been viewed by each service company, if it has, then we'll lay off them for a little while from an audit, from a notifications perspective. If they haven't viewed the bid yet, we're, we're contacting them more. We eventually text them and so forth. Um, what we find is the turnover so fast of the um, supplier side of the equation that contacts change quite frequently. Mm. So they might invite somebody from supplier A, uh, that person no longer works there, and then therefore the bid doesn't get responded to. So we're handling all that on the backside to make sure that um, it's, it's being responded to. The first thing we ask for is just a real simple yes or no. Are you going to intend to bid or not? Mm -hmm. We want to know if you're going to respond. If you're not going to respond, that's great. But we don't want a buyer to wait um, a week and they get no bids, yeah. which which happens right now with how exhausted a lot of these suppliers are. Um, we're dealing with um, several bids right now on the generation side of things. Um, we've got a company looking for uh, generators, nat I think natural gas generators um, mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, essentially, we can't find them and uh, everybody's maxed out. Um, everybody's got them uh, you know, fully utilized right now because of all the ESG side of things. So we want to know that quickly. We don't want an operator waiting a week and they don't get a response. So, um, that, you know, it's all part of the process there, but yeah. Oh, I, love, I love the fact that you guys are rolling up your sleeves and just identifying those problems and trying to get ahead of them, particularly with things like yeah, and the we turnover. don't do that manually. Um, you know, we, we, we have logic built around that that yeah. handles a lot of, now finding out who's going to respond to it. Sometimes our team has to reach out to the supplier and say, who's the right point of contact here. Um, we onboarded a operator recently, and I think they had about um, about 40% of their approved vendor list had incorrect contact information. I mean, it was that large. Yeah. So um, it was a while to get that reconciled and get that accurate and so forth. But, Is yeah. there Are there certain kinds of uh, jobs or certain things that are being bidding, bid on that you've noticed a trend? Uh, these are kind of like the top things that we're doing. I mean, we do really, really well with commodities, pipe, chemicals. Um, okay you know, materials. Um, we do a lot with services. I'd say a year ago, it was really hard to work on services with the whole supply chain kind of crisis yeah. crunch at the time. What, what kind of services um, are you guys? I mean, we on? do anything, like I said, from directional drilling yeah. to wireline, to flow back to water transfers, um, just really across the board. Yeah. Um, anything related to drilling and completions, um, we're on it. So um, and we've got the suppliers on our platform. We've got, um, we've got buyers who do bids very consistently on those uh, products and services. So, so I got to ask, because obviously we have our, we have our empower event that we do early in the year at the intersection of energy and, and Bitcoin sure. mining. And then I also, you know, co-host our energizing Bitcoin podcast. So are you guys doing anything on the Bitcoin mining side in terms of like a, a service for these guys? I know that we have sourced generators for folks that are doing uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoin mining. That's why I thought of but, it. But yeah. um, I don't know that we've done containers. We definitely have not done the ASICs that I'm aware yeah. of. Yeah. But I don't see every bid anymore. Um, yeah. Six months ago, I probably did. But um, yeah. I, I don't follow them that close. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned natural gas generators, and I was thinking about my buddies over at Giga down in in, in Beaumont, and they they refurbish these old Caterpillar absolutely uh, natural gas generators, and that's like a big part of their business. You know, it's selling those. So I had to, yeah, yeah. had to ask there. I give a, a plug in for those guys. Um, oh God, 
was I about to ask you? I was about to ask you something. Um, I just totally blanked. No, that's all right, man. Um, I totally forget. I had, I had another one lined up. I don't know what it was. Yeah, we need to get your buddies in Bo Mama on the on the Bidell platform. Yeah, we do. We absolutely, absolutely have to. What um what what's the business model for you guys? Is it is it a flat fee for uh, for EMPs? Is it a percentage of transaction costs? Like walk me through that a little bit. You know, I we would love to do a percentage of transaction, and I think we thought about that early on. But, really uh, executing it's a really really yeah. difficult. Creates a lot of friction. Uh, we sell an enterprise license to our to the operators, and uh, at the end of the day, they pay us an annual subscription fee. Okay. Uh, for the uh, for the for the license, saves them an immeasurable amount of time. Um, allows you know, I think a lot of our operators, um, so some operators have come to us and said that in the past, procurement would handle jobs maybe a quarter million or north. Um, they've been able to lower that threshold, you know, let's say to $100,000 and be able to do two, three times the amount of sourcing events um, with bid out as they were to in the past. So um, time savings is incredible. Um, the um, And then it's free for our service providers to sign up, but we also have a premium model for the service providers that really just gives them access to leads that fits their category. Um, it's difficult. Um, we've got a you know full-time um, department that's just handling verifying companies because, you know, we don't want Jim Bob's roustabout that mm -hmm. has a pulling unit and three employees to claim they do all 200 categories of services that we offer. And uh, that unfortunately happens with a lot of our suppliers. So we're having to verify exactly what services they do. Um, we're now showing um, service companies that have actually won and bid on jobs that fit that category. Um, so you can kind of have a verified um, supplier that matches that. So if you're looking for like a flowback company, these are the companies who've actually bid on real work with flowback um, or maybe have one jobs associated with them as well. So as opposed to, uh, you know, inviting somebody that doesn't really do that work. I'm having, I'm having some NAM flashbacks to us operating our walls up in Tulsa. Um, and we were actually way outside. Of, we were in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I say Tulsa cause that's the closest biggest thing, but I'm thinking back to when we had to get a, uh, a new pump. It was like, it was asking one person, asking another person. They were like, Oh, you need to go down to Larry's oil field supply. And you yeah. walk into this little shack and they got exactly what you need. Or you're looking for a roustabout crew. And it was just like all through recommendations. Right. And the, the, our pumper at the time was pretty instrumental in that. Thankfully he'd lived there his whole life. So he knew a lot of people right, right. without that. Dude, we would have been flying blind for, it's, so many you know, days. we even have some larger kind of majors that tell us that they feel embarrassed sometimes that they're getting on Google and uh, looking for us. Oh, that's, you ain't going to find shit on you Google. Know, next part. So yeah. it's, uh, especially in some of those really remote regions, kind of Wyoming or um, California, yeah. uh, it's tough to find the right. Do you ever, uh, do you ever use a Don's directory? You know uh, I'm familiar with what yeah, they yeah, are, yeah. but absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if they're still around anymore. They were for a long uh, time. I, th I think they still are. So but, oh, man, uh, hats off to those guys for crushing absolutely. it for years, for years. <laughs> years, years and years. That was like a staple that everybody had on their desk. Right. Um, do, do you, do you think you ever get into more, um, kind of like Yelp like features in terms of, uh, reviews yeah, or, or things like we that. We get asked about it a lot and um, yeah. we've got our own view around it. I think if uh, somebody gave Halliburton a one-star review, um, we don't want to get in the middle of yeah. litigation between uh, two other parties. So it's very difficult, um, I think, to do B2B reviews um, as opposed to you know, B2C. We, we feel the same way. It's like yeah. you, you could have yeah one competitor come in and anonymously give another exactly. competitor a one-star and then you're caught in the middle and you're trying to be Switzerland and provide everybody with a platform. And yeah, it kind of opens up a can of worms. I don't know what the solution in there is. Cause it would be obviously valuable if you, if you could go and say, Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Jim Bob's, uh, you know, a, a polling company over here is, is 
crushing it. Like exactly. these guys, these guys are, are, and I would put my name behind it and all right. that kind of stuff. Like that would be great, but it's just the inverse of that just kind of opens up. Yeah. And, and we, we're working on that with more, with more bids being awarded to them that show kind of activity on the platform and okay. so forth to have okay. verified so it's, so it's other, there's other metrics to kind yeah, of showcase absolutely. kind so, of um, like key indicators of success. Probably. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So. Oh man, this makes me want to get back in the oil game so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's not a complicated problem to solve technology wise, but it's a very complicated problem to solve like in actuality yeah. uh, because um, you're dealing with just so many people on both sides of the equation. And so for us, it's uh, it's not technology is easy for us. Um, I, you know, sometimes I say that, um, but it's really, you know, getting those three, 4,000 service companies with clean data and making sure that we get that data from them is uh, you know very important as part of the success of the platform. So, mm -hmm what what's next for you guys anything anything that's that's still either a concept or maybe your your beta testing or yeah so we're we're focused on around. we're focused on all things procurement we're okay. not trying to get outside of the procurement yeah. spectrum and so we like to just say all things procurement and um right now um we've got a long roadmap mapped out um our clients give us features at times that we're focused on um you know, for us, it's just uh, continuing to grow the team. Um, we've got a, just shy of 20 people here in Houston. Oh, wow. We probably have yeah. hired, um, I think, four this week. It's getting a little wild. Um, the last few days have been kind of probably our craziest days in company history, hence uh, Tyler's not uh, being here. But um, for us, I mean, it's just continuing to grow. We're continuing to hire um, and uh, you know, just evolving our um, org, and um, we've got a long ways to go. Any um, any so. positions in particular you're looking to fill still? We're looking for developers. We're looking okay. for um, you know sales reps. Um, we're looking for um, customer success manager right now, and okay. uh, that's uh, really it. But uh, really looking to make a few key hires on the um, maybe VP of sales role uh, okay. here soon. Um, I'm kind of moonlighting as the CEO and CTO. Um, mm -hmm. I think we'd like to eventually bring on a CTO that can handle a lot of the product um, and take some of that off my plate okay. as we continue to grow and evolve the organization. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really it. So that's exciting, man. This is this has been a great conversation. I, like I said, I wish we would have recorded half the stuff we talked about before we uh, yeah before we got on the mic. No, I, I appreciate y'all having us on. We we office right next door to y'all and see y'all quite a bit. But uh, been wanting to do this for a while. But um, yeah, I'm glad we were able to sit down and actually get it done. So. No, absolutely. And uh, you're you're one of the first people to to hop on a DWN site, which I don't think we've ever talked about on the show before. Um, so. I'll, I'll leave it a little bit mysterious for now. We'll, we'll, we'll do a big coming out party of what that's going to be, but um, really excited about what you guys are working on. And so thanks again for coming in and making this happen. Man. Yeah. appreciate it, man. Absolutely. If you guys like the episode, take two seconds, um, you know, leave a rating review, uh, share with all your friends and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Come, 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 come.